Good morning to you on this Friday. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Trending. I'm your host, Ben Rogers, and I'm excited to discuss today the Highlands Residential Services here in the Upper Cumberland. With me today in studio are Dow Harris, Executive Director, and Chris Cassidy, Director of Operations. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you, Ben. Good, uh, morning. good morning. Thank you for having us. Thank you for being here. Uh, of course, uh, we haven't got to talk to you since I've been doing this, but I've wanted to get y'all in here for a while because what the Highlands does is so valuable to our community, and and obviously the Highlands is is uh, near and dear to my heart because I'm on the board, and I want to thank you both for that opportunity. I have enjoyed being on the board for over, I guess, three years now, Chris, or something. About right. And um, I, it's just a, it's a highlight of just me of my life to to serve. Um, so I thank y'all both for that opportunity. I I enjoy serving for several reasons. One is because we're providing a valuable service to people uh, and and our citizens in Upper Cumberland. Two, I've just learned a lot from y'all. I've learned a lot through our board meetings. I've went to a training, Chris, with you and some staff. I have learned a lot about affordable housing, public housing, and I I didn't know. I know a lot more now and still don't know probably a tenth of what I should know. But I, I enjoy the board. I enjoy the people on it. And we're going to talk about that structure later on. Uh, but so I imagine there are a lot of people out there like me that listen to the show that may not know as much about Highlands Residential Services and, and the housing authority and affordable housing. And they may not know the facts and they may have some misconceptions. And, and so first thing we'll start with, uh, when did Highlands Residential Services begin operations? Actually, Ben, uh, the housing authority was chartered in 1956 through some enabling legislation through the Cookville City Council. Okay. And they, uh, the first five-member board was, was selected. Uh, some very prominent citizens that some developments were later named after. Uh, the first director of the Housing Authority uh, was an attorney by the name of Dale Bradshaw that worked with Walter Keith Crawford's office. And um, Walter Keith Crawford, of course, H.S. Barnes, and those were very, very – uh, prominent in the in the in the development of the housing authority from its early stages, and you know they it became a regional housing authority in a serving Putnam, Jackson, and Clay County, Tennessee, in probably the next five or six years, and of course the um, charter and the way it's organized, the city of Cookville mayor does the appointment to the to the board. The board started out with five members. It has since grown and evolved over the years into a seven-member board now and continues to uh, serve all three counties, Putnam, Jackson, and Clay County. So that answers my next question. How many locations throughout the Pecumlin, the Highlands have? And it's three different counties. Three different counties, uh, six six uh, cities, towns across Putnam, Jackson, and Clay County. Of course, we have Cookville, Salina, Baxter, Monterey, Gainesboro, and and all good Tennessee. Yes. And you mentioned Walter Keith Crawford. So I have a story about the Walter Keith Crawford III, who who's in actually in my building, uh, still practicing law. One of the most brilliant men I've ever met in my life. I don't know how much y'all are involved with with, with Mr. Crawford as I know him, uh, the third. But he actually um, was a big reason I got to go to college. He was the uh, 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 I guess the power of attorney over a scholarship. And I applied for the scholarship, and I interviewed with him, and and I was a, I guess, early senior in high school, and and actually went. I think I was trying to apply for the Rotary scholarship because my parents could not afford to send me to college. I was going to have to mm-hmm. borrow money to go, or I wouldn't go in. Yes, sir. And so I was trying to get all the scholarships I could. So I applied for one that he was in charge of, maybe the Rotary Rotary one, or maybe there was another one, uh, Kiwanis. I don't remember what it was. It was something. 
And he called me and said, "Well, hey, I was going to let you know you didn't you didn't get the 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 scholarship, but I got something better for you." And it was through Florence Enlow, a lady that had left some money. Uh, for a scholarship and thank God and thank Mr. Crawford and thank my guidance counselor at Upperman High School, Miss Upchurch, and all the people that made it happen. Or I, I got to go to college. Mm-hmm. And and Mr. Crawford, he, Walter Keith Crawford III, still, I saw him this morning. Um, just a great man. So, I, story on that. But I, his, his dad and grandpa obviously were a big part of this community. And yes. he was a big part of the of this inception. And I did not know that. Sure, sure. He sure, certainly was. His office at that t- particular time, Mr. Dale Bradshaw was an attorney working in that office and, and was the more of the organizer, more of the uh, uh, pulling the housing authority together and getting it, getting it all set up. And then, of course, uh, we began occupying, I believe, in the Cookville area. The first development was Perry Morgan Homes, 1958, somewhere along there. Right. And then I think uh, th- over the years, some 16 different developments were built probably by the late mid- to mid-60s. Uh, they, they, all the original Housing Authority units were, were developed. And then came, you know, a couple of years after the organizing uh, uh, the next director of the housing authority was old uh, no um, yeah Rowe Brown I'm sorry Mr. Mr. Rowe Brown a, a former mayor of the of the city of Cookville and Dero served a long time 20 25 years or so and then Odell Huddleston a retired highway patrol was the director and so Dale, uh, when did you start I started in 1992 so you were eight, and, you were eighteen, and uh, yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, I've had the privilege of of working for the housing authority and and, and the board in this in the communities we serve now since uh, since not September of nineteen ninety two and became the executive director in Mar- uh, February of nineteen ninety six. So what positions and you have in ninety two? I had Chris's position, okay. which at the time was uh, deputy director and compliance officer. Is where where it all started for me. I, I really appreciate the opportunity that I've been given by the housing authority. And you know, one of the one of the things about the housing authority as as it's evolved over my term and my tenure is we've we've been blessed with real good staff. We I've had the privilege of hiring or being involved in in, in the hiring of all of our staff, including Chris. Uh, with the exception of one individual, Miss Denise Griffin, our occupancy specialist, she she was there a couple of years before I even came. So, it's a, it's a good place to work. Uh, you you have to want to help people sure. to be successful uh, and 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 stay at the housing authority. And and that's the question I always wanted to ask: Why do you want to work for the housing authority? And the right answer is: We're here to help people. Well, and I don't know how much y'all been able to listen to this this show and trending, but it, the goal is to to have people on that are involved in public service and they're involved with helping people. And uh, otherwise I wouldn't be doing this show because I want to get information out to our listeners about what people like you two and the staff you have do. And so I'll just brag on you two and brag on the whole staff at, at HRS. I've been around y'all for three years now. I've been around the staff. I got to hang out with Chris and, and some staff members in Gatlinburg at a training, and that was probably one of the most valuable things I could have done yes. for my education of, of housing authority and learning about who you, you have working for you and who I, I serve. I, I think y'all said our member, our employees serve the board. No, the board serves y'all to me. I, I feel like we serve y'all and we serve your employees. And so getting to know those folks, we had a good time. We, we hung out, we fellowshiped, we laughed. Uh, so it, y'all do a wonderful job. You provide a great service, and, and why don't we get to more nuts and bolts. But, Chris, 
before I move on, Dow's been there since 92. When did you start at HRS? Uh, I came in in November of 96. As, as Dow said, he became director in, the, in February. February of, of 96 and uh, hired me to, to fill in that deputy director position that has now evolved into director of operations. So I've been there 24 years now and uh, looking for a few more. Uh, a little background, I worked for the state for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and and uh, I want to bring that up because that's something you and I have in common. I mean, I wasn't an auditor, but uh, I work with a lot of auditors, and you were an auditor. I worked as a state auditor for four years. I, I, I really enjoyed uh, what I was doing, but uh, back then we had to travel to all the locations we audited, and uh, I was gone all the time and had an opportunity to, to be home, and uh, uh, we were pregnant with our first child when I went to work at the Housing Authority, and it's just uh, just uh, just been a great uh, great place to to work, and it'll be a great place to retire from someday. Both have accounting backgrounds. I'm a finance major, Tennessee Tech, and you know one of one of the things I commented the other day, if I can elaborate on on Chris's tenure with the Housing Authority, I mentioned to him the other day that you know it's been a great partnership. Uh, uh, Chris, Chris, and myself, uh, we've 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 teamed up well. We've we've worked together. Um, it, it's been a good ride. It, it really has. And, you know, the trend is redevelopment now. Re, you know, we're seeing some major redevelopment uh, activities come on about the Housing Authority sure. that I'm sure we'll talk about. Absolutely. And, and soon. But, but uh, Chris has been a, a great help to me. Um, and, and and I just want to mention that that unique partnership and that, that friendship that we've had and the, the capacity that, that's came out of, of us enabling uh, uh, to work together. It, it's and, uh, for, and it's it's been it's been a good ride. It's, it's very evident how close y'all are. I I don't know what, how y'all are behind doors. I don't know if y'all ever argue with each other or want to fight or not. But I've never seen that in a board meeting. So I I can say uh, the work relationship y'all have has been great. I, I, when we come back, I want to talk about some of those projects. But we when we when we start back next segment, I really want to get into the board right quick because the board is a big part of what y'all do, and, and, and there's certain things you can't do without the board. So uh, you're listening to Training. This has been Rogers. I have Dow Harris and Chris Cassidy from Highlands Residential Services with me, and we'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back to Trending. This has been Rogers. I continue with Dow Harris and Chris Cassidy from the Highlands Residential Services. It was housing authority here in Cookville that serves three different counties in Upper Cumberland. We were talking earlier a little bit about the board structure, and you, Dow, you'd mentioned it, at one time it was five board members. Now it's seven. What made what made the Highlands go from five board members to seven? One of the one, well, a couple of reasons, Ben. One of the, one of the major reasons was the Housing Authority wanted to continue its its regional uh, aspect, its regional strategy, uh, representing all six towns, and giving. You know, we've we've been fortunate over the years to have representation from from all all areas uh, that we serve. We, we've had board members from Salina, from Gainesboro, from Allgood, from Cookville, from Monterey. So that enabled us to try to work toward that even though the city of Cookville Mayor still has that appointment capacity. Sure. And the other thing was uh, the board had been pretty consistent, five members for years. It was solid. We had we had board members. Uh, Mr. Leon Delosier, uh, a very prominent citizen in the city of Cookville, had been our chairman for 38 plus years. Uh, the board had you know there was no there was no turnover so the board beginning to turn over uh, as as some very very good prominent board members uh, Bobby Davis uh, Charles Nunley Lucille Buttram uh, uh, they you know we begin to age out and we started struggling with a quorum 
we started struggling with a quorum and, and, and talking with our attorney, Jeff Jones. And at the time, the state representative, uh, Jerry Hargrove, uh, helped us with some uh, specific legislation that we requested through the state. And, and we got that change to a seven-member board to help us, again, continue that regional representation as much as we can and, and help us have uh, a better shot at a quorum and, and and it has helped it has helped yeah. uh, you yeah, know and, replacing uh, board members that you know we've got board members that have lives they have work they have jobs themselves and it's it's difficult uh, uh it's not just five members that are that are, are, that are retired or, or not working anywhere else they have they have jobs and things to do themselves yeah i, I was just going to add very quickly uh, and and thou said this it's it's interesting state law actually drives the size of all housing authority boards. Uh, there, there's enabling legislation for mm-hmm. the state. So we had to have that specifically changed for Cookville. It had to pass the House, pass the Senate, and be signed by the governor uh, for legislation to allow us to go to seven members. And we were fortunate that uh, Mr. Hargrove and I, and I believe uh, uh, Miss Blaylock was our state senator mm-hmm. at the time and helped mm-hmm. us with that, and uh, we, we were able to get that done. So it wasn't a th- something the board could just do like that. There was a process in that. Absolutely. Um, and, and, of course, now it's seven members, and I, I'm one of those members, and, of course, I'm out of Baxter, and I think one of the reasons y'all maybe thought I was appealing to that position is I, I come represent the west part of the county, but mm-hmm. Robert That's Owens right. is our chairman now. Robert is our chairman. Robert's fantastic, um, and he's been on the board how long? Robert's probably our senior. Uh, uh, Robert right seven. Uh, he's probably behind Jim. Robert's been on somewhere in the neighborhood of ten years, seven, eight, ten years. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't Jim. look all that up. No, that's we fine. Came, that's but, fine. Uh, I just know he'd been there a while, uh, and uh, don't want to age him at all. So, Robert, if you're listening, we're not calling you. Well, old, again, but, he started when he was eighteen. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But what a, I mean, just a, a great board. And of course, who are who is on the board before we before we leave that topic? Of course, you know, Robert Owens is our as our current chairman. Chairman Jim Martin. Was our chairman uh, for for a while, and Jim's our current vice chairman. Of course, Ben, we we appreciate you being on the board. Uh, David Hill mm-hmm. uh, with Tennessee Bible College. David, uh, fantastic. All of our board members are good. Uh, Margie Jones is our is our uh, uh, tenant representative on the board. And we've and, got uh, uh, Luke Eldridge. Here we've got Luke Cook. Eldridge, uh, a young and upcoming. Uh, I, I want to say. Uh, a star in our community yeah. that has a has a heart for the homeless and sure. and, um, and and that side of the of the story. Uh, who uh, we've and got Dan Huffines. Yeah. We got we got Mr. Huffines out of Gainesville, Tennessee. That is just a great board member. Yeah, I love talking uh, extraordinary to extraordinary guy. Um, he's bringing a lot of business and and you know these these persons all have unique backgrounds. Uh, you know we've got we've got teachers, we've got pastors, we've got bankers, we've got Small business people. Yeah. We've got. Uh, they're coming from all, all all backgrounds, which really gives a lot of diversity to the board. And uh, and and it does. But let's talk about Miss Marjorie a second. She is our tenant representative, so she lives. Yes. And she's with the people that are in these units. And I think it's so important to have her. At first, I didn't realize. It took me a few meetings to realize that that's what she represented. She lived there, and I was like, oh, this is. Great. Well, I mean, why wouldn't you have somebody that's there every day? And so she has offered a lot of input in those meetings and and letting us know what those tenants need. 
Well, that's uh, right. She brings she brings in that perspective, and that's really that's really that role that uh, that's what that was designed for. That wasn't always the case, Ben. It it, it came about. I want to say in the late 90s, maybe early, early 2000, 98 or so, under the Quality Housing Work Responsibility Act, required that the Housing Authority have at least one tenant representative on the board. And we've, we've been very, I think we've had some great success with that. We've had some very good tenant representation. Uh, go back to Ms. Dora Ruth McLeod, a great uh, tenant representative that served in that capacity for several years. And I think Margie is now our third or fourth tenant representative. We, but we've had some good ones and, uh, and Margie's doing a great job. And, uh, she does. Uh, and all, all of them do. So let's, what, what kind of the board's responsibility, what is the board's responsibility for HRS? Well, set policy, yeah. uh, you know, set policy for the organization, uh, approve, approve the budget, uh, hire the executive director, the deputy director, or, um, a director of operations now, uh, and just just oversee uh, strat- strategy, strategic management, and, uh, and and things like that. But the main thing the board does is uh, compliance, regulation, and 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 uh, ensuring that uh, that the housing authority's policies uh, are are adhered to, and and uh, how you know the direction of the agency. I mean, that's something that we've we've worked with the board diligently. Throughout my career, uh, we, we've, we've had regular strategic planning sessions with the board. And, um, you know, the direction that the board has taken is, you know, we've redeveloped for so long, and now we're, we're trending into that. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, remodeled for so long, right. we're, we're, we're trending into that to redevelopment phase. And, and the board has a significant input into that on, and, and what that's going to look like. And, you know, one of the exciting things, I think, uh, that the board – and management is involved with right, with right now and, and our public officials is we're putting a, a new face on the public housing uh, program for the next 40, 50, 60 years. Really are. Yeah, the, the inventory is, is in place now 40, 50, 60 years old, and we're seeing that evolve and, and of course, trend into uh, what we think is a very exciting deal and the board's heavily involved in that yeah and, and I, how that comes out we're definitely going to talk about the projects that have completed and going on um yeah i, I, I was going to add ben you know you, you go back we, we talked about the housing authority starting in the late 50s there was a 12 or a 15 year period there for that board all they were doing was development right we, we get this development completed and, and we're doing another development here and in fact i'm sure Based on what I see in the books, they had two and three and maybe even four developments going on at a time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then there was probably a 20, maybe 25-year period where you weren't doing any development and, and, and the federal government, and, and it was management and occupancy. Mm-hmm. And one of the terms we've used before with HUD at the time, it was handbook management. HUD would hand you the handbook and say, here's how you got to do everything. Yeah. And that's changed in the last several years, and Dow said it and you said it. The decisions being made now are, are going to change affordable housing in Cookville and in our community for 30, 40 years, long after uh, I'm older than all you guys, long after I'm gone. And and I think it, it, it is what a great time to be on the board now. 20, 20 years ago, you, you might have been bored, but yeah. not now. No, and I, I, I was going to talk about this later, but I'll bring it up now. I got on the board at a time where we're really progressing, mm-hmm. and I'm thankful for that because when I got the phone call, even though I didn't know a whole lot about it, I was like, well, what can I, what would be my role and what can I do to help? And they're like, well, we got some big projects coming up that we're going to need some input on and some decision making. And I said, so this is going to help people. 
Yes. Well, I'm in. And so I got on really good time. We'll talk about those projects. Before we get into some of that, how many residents does HRS serve for these three counties? I didn't I, I didn't look up before we came, but somewhere in the neighborhood uh, – Fifteen to seventeen hundred total residents, and that's quite a few people that that are that's able to live in affordable housing, uh, and that's I think that's providing a great need, and we're getting ready to be able to have more residents come on with us, and I think that's why we're here is to keep providing that. Um, and one of the misconceptions about public housing is that it's free, and 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 I want to roll into that next segment, but before I do, the one of the misconceptions that I get even as a board member is how do y'all afford to build these? Because on the Buffalo Valley Road, we got one of our great projects going on. We'll talk about how do y'all afford to build that for you know when you don't charge rent. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. We we have to charge some rent. It's affordable rent, and there's other mechanisms there. But when we, I want to get into that when we come back on the next next segment. You're listening to Trending. This has been Rogers. I have Dow Harris and Chris Casty. They are from the Highlands Residential Services, located in Coolville, but we serve. Uh, Jackson, Clay, and Putnam counties and multiple cities throughout those three counties. Chris said fifteen to seventeen hundred residents that are being um, are, that are living as tenants in these in these facilities and these housing units, and we're adding more. So we want to talk more about that when we come back in just a moment. Welcome back to training. This has been Rogers talking about Highlands Residential Services today on uh, this episode and just learning a lot uh, with Dow Harris and Chris Casty from the Highlands Residential Services. We are doing a lot of great projects. But one thing I I really hadn't even talked to you all about, being on the board, before I came on a little over three years ago, you know, one of the most visible um, developments that existed in Cookville was right there on Willow, Willow and Jackson, mm-hmm. right down from your office. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there were how many units there? There were 58 50, units there. 58 units. And one day they're gone. One day they're, they're, there's the, uh, demolition, you should say, I should say, going on. And as a citizen, I didn't know. I apparently, I guess I hadn't read the paper enough, didn't know what was happening. And then they're gone. It's empty. It's grass and trees now. And so what, what happened there? Those units have been there how long? Since 65, 66, 1965, 1966. That was known as Hugh Hargis Home Site 2. Um, you know, it's it's a very valuable piece of property, Ben, and, you know, right in the heart of town, very commercialized. And, you know, when the, when that was built in the 60s, it, it wasn't the case. Right. And, um, uh, but the city has grown, and, you know, that became – it's very difficult to redevelop and, and pay for it from the housing authority's perspective. HUD doesn't give us any money to rebuild. They – they uh, they allow us some subsidy. Uh, uh, that's it, it. You know, public housing is not free, and right. we're going to talk about that. But uh, and they give us some capital funds to remodel with, and and the rent rent structure is set. It's it's regulatory, and we can't change that. So we can't we can't raise rent. We can lower rent. We can't. Uh, we're we're at the mercy of that of that regulation. So. But that the board in in deciding strategically, well, we're not going to remodel fifty and sixty year old buildings anymore. We're going to redevelop. So, uh, creating equity to redevelop that was a prized property that we were able to sell, and you know we put three point six million dollars in the bank in, in equity. But we lost those units, and yeah. and we lost those units now for some five six years. Time gets away, maybe even longer than that, and that's part of the Oak Tree Towers. 
uh, a project that's coming on is to replace uh, 50 of uh, I believe 52 units that we actually lost at the time right there. So, and so let's but, let's talk about Oak Tree Towers. Yes, sir. Um, when is the comp- well? Let's talk about where the location. Where is Oak Tree Towers located? It's uh, it's on Buffalo Valley Road. Uh, it is it's just off the uh, the intersection of Jackson and Buffalo Valley Road. Um, it will it's, as Dow said it will replace fifty of the of the fifty two that we lost at uh, Willow Avenue in Jackson, but uh, it's going to be all elderly. Uh, completion dates you started to ask mm-hmm. about is uh, the completion date right now for the contracts late May of next year, late May of twenty one. Uh, we are uh, hopeful to start occupying in June or no later than July, uh, but uh, it's uh, it took us a long time to uh, break ground and get started. As Dow said, we sold Willow Avenue five years ago now, right? Uh, and didn't get started on construction till this spring. But uh, we, we've we've got a building up in the air now, it's, and it's, it's a, made a lot of progress. Well, and it's a, let's talk about the actual building. It's a different. Uh, style than what the housing authority is used to building. And it's a it's a it's a totally unique, different product for us. You know, traditionally we've saw brick veneer row type housing, uh, some duplexes, some quadplexes, uh, and and it all kind of looks the same. But we we think our we think our properties look pretty really 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 good by public housing standards and and i think the communities and and the, and the maintenance department does a real good job in helping us maintain that but this is a this is a different product it it has a good precedent it's not new in other in other cities and towns in in close to Cooper, murfreesboro uh, has a very successful program. McManville has another one uh, there's one in livingston uh believe it not uh, uh i think it's section 8 uh, project based though, but uh, uh, it's 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 I refer to it as a, a as a miniature hotel without without the maid services or, or room services. So it's going to be it's going to be a different product. It's all elderly. It's three stores. There's going to be fifty one bedroom apartments there, and it, and it's going to have lots of common area, common space for social activities, and you know we're going to have. Uh, a large community room in there, full full blown commercial kitchen. Uh, there's going to be uh, uh, beauty and barber services that uh, will be able to come in there. It's 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 really going to be uh, a real social environment conducive to the elderly, and it's a different product. Uh, and and we're going to see how that how that works. I think I think it's going to do very well. Uh, we're beginning to see a lot of interest in, in that. And it's going to be something different and unique than what we're accustomed to with our public housing. Yeah, to to follow up on that a little, uh, one of the things that we have a manager's office over there, um, obviously a manager for us would manage more than just 50 units. But uh, as technology has changed and advanced, uh, we can have a manager over there that may manage two or three additional properties with that. But it'll be just like they're sitting in the office with us from a technology point of view, um, you know, it, it does. It is a different uh, uh, type of building for us, and it brings on, you know, some janitorial things that maintenance will do that they're not used to doing. But all in all, we think it's going to be a, a really good building for us, uh, a really safe environment for our elderly, uh, an environment that we can control a lot better than, as Dow said, traditional row housing. So uh, we're we're really looking forward to it. Uh, uh, they've started. I don't know if you want to get into. What they've done, they've pretty well finished uh, framing all the way up. They're working on the, the roof trusses now. 
started putting brick on and and, and again we we've got a building it's uh, it's it's really interesting to to watch uh, contractors have been doing a really good job uh, contractors a local contractor king construction group and they've done a good job for us so far so uh, it, it's been a been a really good project 51 units and how many buildings 50 units all one bedroom units. Is what Dow said oh, 51 okay. bedrooms I'm sorry. Bedrooms. 50 yeah. units and but there that many buildings are going to be there uh one building just one, one building. three-story building yeah this is uh phase one phase of one. six planned phases for the buffalo valley property and now being successful i think one of the best best decisions that our board and 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 we'll give management some credit Two is is the purchase of the Eagles Landing property, which is really going to open some doors for us as far as lo- the logistics of developing the Buffalo Valley Road property and the other phases, the roadways and the and the and the uh, utilities and and those things. Uh, uh, they all cost. They're they're very expensive to put in, and you know that 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 raises your overhead, uh, uh, your cost per unit tremendously when you have to build roads and bridges and and things like that. So that that was a real good. A real good uh, business decision, and you know it's back to the um, Hugh Hargis property that we were talking about on Wella that was sold. That was strictly a business decision. Right. I mean, those uh, those units could still be in service, uh, same as any other development we had. And you know, there's some more of that planned. We're we're considering some other sites and and some things not to get rid of our public housing. We don't want to reduce any of that inventory. But we're using. We have to be creative in our finances to um, uh, pay for pay for that. That Oak Tree Towers building is right at ten million dollars, you know. And HUD's not giving us any money to to build that. That that site's going to be. Uh, thank you know. Thank the good Lord, we're going to be debt free on that site right. uh, when it when it's completed. And you know, another site is already planned. Hickory Valley, another fifty. Uh, forty eight. Forty eight units. units. I'm sorry, and you know we're getting. Nine percent tax credit awards through THDA, and uh, you know that's going to help pay for that. That we're looking at another eleven million dollars of construction we're anticipating there. So you know we sold a piece of property for three point six million, and we've got right now better than twenty one, twenty two million dollars of construction in place. So um, it's it's tough. It's really tough to rebuild new. It can be done. It, it's it's it takes some work and some effort, and you know pulling, and all those plans are different. The finance plan for Oak Tree Towers, it has X, Y, and Z involved. The finance plan for Hickory Valley may be A, B, C, and D. It, it's totally unique and, and totally is, different from from one to the other. Is that just the nature of housing, public housing? Is the finance plans can be different between projects? It, it is in um, the modern era. In, in, in the modern era, you know, again in the '60s and '70s, HUD had construction funds available hud issued bonds mm-hmm. uh, then to pay for the public housing uh, uh developments and they quit doing that in the mid late 70s and so really since that time you know we're pushing 35 years now uh to, you know 80 i guess would be 40 years housing authorities have had to be creative um they've been fortunate that the tax credit program has come along uh you have federal home loan bank monies. You have THDA, uh, which, of course, is the state housing agency. They, they have some trust fund money and things. But you really do have to get creative. HUD calls projects like Oak Tree Towers mixed finance projects. And the reason they do is because you're you're pulling this amount of money from here and this amount of money. from, And, and you may have five or six sources that mm-hmm. go into that one development. And uh, so it, it, it can be very uh, very tough. 
again, we've been blessed with um, re- remodeling uh, Walnut Village, which I don't even know if you've got that on your list to talk oh, about. I do. That we did this past year. Yep. Um, that we got some tax credits to do that, and again, we're getting tax credits to build Hickory Valley, and to even be involved in the tax credit program, you have to have a developer that uh, THDA considers. Uh, not, not certified, but that has to have a real good history of, of development. And we've been blessed that we've been working with LHP mm-hmm. Capital out of uh, Knoxville, a really good group, uh, that they've helped us, and uh, we hope to continue that. As Dow said, in yeah. the next five to ten years, we could see two or three hundred more units. Yeah, and, so, we, and I want to talk about uh, Hickory Valley and, of course, the remodel at Walnut Village when we get back because that was a, an extensive project that went very well. Uh the, on the last segment, so we're we're getting to the, we're getting close to that. But um, thank y'all so much for the information so far. We got one more segment left. We we'll come back on trending in just a moment. Welcome back to the last segment of trending. I hope you're enjoying your your day so far, and thank you for listening and being with me as as Dow Harris and Chris Cassidy from Highland Residential Services is with me. Uh, and and we haven't mentioned, but you know the name changed a few years ago. It was Coville Housing Authority. Now it's Highlands Residential Services. Why did that name change? Well, you know, one of the things that came up uh, interestingly in in some of the strategic planning sessions with the board and and being being able, you know, the housing authority has evolved into much more of a regional regional housing authority, and we're we're serving people from uh, uh, other counties and and that's coming into the area, not just Putnam, Jackson, and Clay County, but you know, in in some of our expansion plans and things, we we feel that the that the housing authority is going to become much more regional in its service uh, capacity than what it is now. And Joe Albright um, was uh, one of our board members. Uh, Joe has since passed, and uh, uh, we, we thought we thought the world of Joe. And Joe, uh, uh, one of the first things that he mentioned in some of the sessions with the board when he first came on board was, we need to change our name. We, we've got some stigmatism with the Cookville Housing Authority. That name trends toward the public housing negative st- stigma. Uh, and and the surrounding towns uh, that we serve the the Gainsburgs, the Baxters, the Allgoods, uh, uh, Salina, uh, Monterey, uh, Cookville left them out. Right. Uh, so Highlands Residential Services, we got rid of the housing authority stigma, and we brought in the whole Highlands uh, initiative, the Highlands community, and and we're serving. You know, it it benefits all those towns, and and not just Putnam, Jackson, Clay County, but the entire. Highlands region, and that was that was the reason for doing that. And it makes sense to me. It's basically all inclusive now of every mm-hmm. area we serve, instead of focusing on one area. Right. Uh, so and so the the people that are there, uh, obviously, I think we got wonderful residents. I mean, it's not going to be perfect every time. If you if it was, you would have had needed for a maintenance department. But you know, we we got wonderful residents. So, and I saved this for this segment on purpose, but. What who is available to uh, to be in a unit, and what is that process at Highlands Residential Services? Well, to be eligible, it is income based, and um, HUD considers that there's there's extremely low, which is somebody that's thirty percent or less of income, low, which is fifty percent or less, and I, I hope I'm hitting these percentages right, um, and. Basically, that's who we're for. In some extreme circumstances, we could go up to 80% of median income, but that rarely happens. So basically, 50% of area median income or less. Mm -hmm. And that changes based on the county you're in, 
you know, the area medium income for Davidson County is a lot different than it is for Putnam County. Right. It's a lot different for Putnam County than it is Jackson County. Right. Uh, which, which is an interesting thing. We could theoretically have a tenant that was eligible for Jackson County and not eligible for Putnam County. Right. But the, the, one of the things we just have to, to manage. But mm-hmm. uh, So it, it, it's historically lower income. You know, a term we've started using a lot, a term uh, Mayor Shelton and, and the city manager James Mills have used a lot, and I certainly think it applies, it's it, workforce housing. Yeah, you know, you can uh, you can have a decent job here and uh, still be under that 50% area median income. And one of the reasons we're looking at expanding and, and trying to figure out how to build, as we keep saying, another two, 300 units uh Look at the housing market here. But even before the tornado, the tornado really made it worse. But the housing market's crazy yes. in Putnam County. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. renting two- and three-bedroom houses for $1,100, dollars $1,300, and people can't afford that. Working people need a, need yeah. a, a good place to live right. and, and a, a place where they can afford to pay rent and still buy groceries. Sure, and that, and that leads to this other uh, misconception where the – Public housing, affordable housing, is only available for the elderly, and and we do have units, as you said earlier, that are specifically for that group. But not all of our units you ha- you don't have to be an elderly person to live mm-hmm. in it. So how does how does the housing authority or Highlands decide what units fit the dynamic of our our population? Well, that's that's a tough one too, um, Ben. And we used to have elderly designations. We used to have some sites in our in our original public housing inventory that were designated elderly. HUD has since done away with that, and and they they've become we've we've ran into the issue where we're mixing multifamily with elderly and whatever. And sometimes that works good. Most of the time, it doesn't work very well just because of the of the culture for right. uh, the the two the two mixed populations. But uh, some like it quieter, some are, are more active. So uh, and and that causes some problems. But uh, Oak Tree Towers, of course, is is an elderly designated site. Uh, well, well. Heights is another tax credit program that's an elderly designated site. Walnut Village is an elderly designated site um, slash disabled. You can technically get into Walnut Village as an 18-year-old with a disability. Uh, you would be eligible to live at Walnut Village, whereas Oak Tree Towers or Willow Heights, you have to be 62 or over. You know, and and you know, we serve we serve a, a whole diverse group of people, not just. Uh, and we're looking. You know, we can only have 580 of those 30 percent of area median median income or less units. Those are traditional public housing. We want to maintain that because we want to continue to serve those those families at 30 percent, and that's extremely low. But with the with the diversity that the tax credits bring to us, we can go all the way up. Uh, and most likely will in some of the phases to 60% of area in median income. So, so we're hitting that gap in between 30% to 50%, and you're starting to get into not just disabled or elderly. You're getting into families that work um, that are, are really making a pretty decent wage. I mean, you could we could technically be housing people in the $50,000, $60,000 income range. Right. And, uh, and, and we're looking at, you know, there could be 20 units of public housing, uh, and there could be – 28 persons there more toward the 50 or 60 percent of area median in, in, income category so um, we're blending all that together in in these phases so it's really wide open there's a very diverse population we see we see everybody from the young to the old to the virtually non-educated to the very highly educated persons that that live in public housing by by no fault of their own we 
we've we've had had you know for instance an example we have a person living with us that is a PhD a doctor that surf, suffered a tragic uh, accident in her life and became disabled and she lives in public housing and she's she's a doctor right uh, so we don't just have uh, it's not just uh, you know we, there's that misnomer that you have just no income persons and sure. and uh, and persons that don't want to work or do anything but uh, we serve a very vast diverse group of people yeah I- I come think, from all walks of life. I think, Ben, you mentioned earlier that you had the opportunity to go to some training with mm-hmm. I and some of the other staff members. A year or so after Katrina hit New Orleans, Dow and I were at some regional training, and they were talking about a building, a public housing building in New Orleans that they had remodeled, and it was now, a, a, a again, what we call a mixed finance mm-hmm. community. And literally in this building, you had public housing residents, and Jimmy Graham, who was the tight end for the New Orleans Saints, right. lived in that same building. Yeah, and I think Dow and I both came away from that, and 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 have since uh, sold the board on that same philosophy, that same mindset. We want our neighborhoods to be where you don't know if there's a pro football player living there or you right. don't know if there's a public housing resident right. living there. And, and I think we're well on our way now with these developments doing that. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. And, of course, we talked about uh, Oak Tree Towers is under construction. Hickory Valley is going to be new construction. Walnut Village was recently remodeled and looks fantastic. Uh, Willow Heights, what other units in the last couple of minutes we have are available in Cookville that we – uh, in Cookville, we have uh, Perry Morgan Homes was the very first uh, development built uh, again in 58-59. Uh, we have Claude uh, Darwin. Uh, we have uh, uh, Hugh Hargis Homes Site 1 still. We have uh, Sid Jenkins Homes, uh, B.C. Huddleston. This is a test. I put you on B.C. Huddleston Homes and then the uh, Judge O.K. Holiday Homes. So we have, what was that, six different sites in Cookville as well as Walnut Village and, um, and uh, Willow Heights. And again, once we get Oak Tree Towers up and then Hickory Valley up, that'll be ten sites in the city of Cookville. That's, that's kind of interesting. I asked one day. I don't know if it was you, Chris, or Jeff, or maybe Dow. Early on, um, how many employees does HRS have? And because all these units, you know, we're y'all are serving. I should say we. I'm on the board, but y'all are serving so many people, and really, we don't have a whole lot of employees. No, we don't. We uh, one of the things we've learned to do very well as a housing authority, Ben, is to do more with less. Right. And uh, uh, there's an act for that. There's no doubt. We we actually in 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 the late '90s, early 2000, had I think uh, between full and part time employees, and most were full time. 46. We had a lot of resident services. We had area based management in place which I thought was a, just a phenomenal way to manage public housing, hands-on, a manager at the site, maintenance at the site. Um, and, you know, we were getting funded. We were getting uh, 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 resident services-related funds, and we were getting good subsidy and capital funds. Uh, and, and none of that has to do with the, the rent set and, and the tenant pays based on income regardless. Yeah. Uh, so we were getting funded well, and, and we, we were growing uh, personnel-wise and, and doing very well, and then all that was taken away. Yeah. And now I think we're back to more of – we're probably at our lowest number in my tenure. What do we got, 26? 23. 23. 23. Yeah. So 
um, you know, I think we've we're we're at the lowest point as far as I know in maintenance. We we yeah. traditionally have thirteen. I think we're down to eleven. Yep. Uh, you know, and we've got eight administrative staff. But, yeah. but the numbers add up to twenty three across uh, the various. Well, you hit it right on then three in uh, and three uh, in resident three services. Three in resident services. Yeah. Uh, well, I, gentlemen, thank y'all so much for being here. It's um. Talk about two people and and a group of people at HRS that are servant public servants that that serve with a uh, a passion to help others. Y'all fit that description. I appreciate y'all. I've I've enjoyed our friendships we developed. Um, Chris, I enjoy serving on the county commission with you as well. It's another role you serve that we can't talk about because we won't violate sunshine law. Uh, but I enjoy serving with both of you. And, and Dow, thank you for what you do thank over you, there man. and um, everything. Just want to remind folks. Um, be kind to one another, and uh, I hope your Friday goes well. Smile at somebody today and make them feel good about themselves. We, we just got too much stuff going on in this world that that's negative, and we need to be more positive, and I just uh, encourage you to do that. Hope you have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week on Trending. This has been Rogers. I've been with Dow Harris and Chris Cassidy, and guys, thank you again. Thank, thank you. you, Ben, for having us.